Hey everybody, this is Bill. Welcome to Critical Reviews. I'm here with Matt, and today we're going to be talking about the long-awaited Metal Gear movie. It's set to be coming out within an, a year or two. Uh, we don't really have much on a release date, but it is in the works, and we have some details for you, so stay tuned. What's up, Matt? Hey, Bill. How's it, how's it going? All right, well, I'm ready to talk, I'm ready to talk some Metal Gear, so I let me too. give you the rundown on what I know so far about this movie. So it is going to be um, directed by Jordan Roberts, who directed uh, Kong Skull Island. Um, It is set to uh, character wise. It's going to have solid snake and it is going to cover the shadow Moses incident. Ooh. So um, Roberts has been very vocal about how passionate he is about metal gear, how he's played every game and how he grew up with it. And just just how important that the franchise is to him. So um, it's at least good to see that they got a director that's a huge fan of the franchise. He praises Hideo Kojima, and he has actually been collaborating with Hideo Kojima about um, what direction to take the movie. So um, he, there, nothing's really been released as far as casting and stuff goes. There was that uh, Netflix um, movie with Ben Affleck and a handful of other guys. They robbed the cartels. I can't remember which one of the actors, but he had mentioned that he's tr- he wants to be Solid Snake. He's definitely going to try out for the part. Oh, so wow. Hollywood, Hollywood knows about this movie, and there are more fans of this franchise than you would think. So essentially we're covering the Shadow Moses incident, and the main protagonist is going to be Solid Snake. So, and I, I think th- those two are, are a must, especially for our first movie coming out. I mean, because uh, I mean, I had no idea about the Metal Gear franchise until Metal Gear Solid came out. Yeah, the PlayStation adaptation. I remember. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but do you remember demo discs? Yes, like Pizza Hut Man, and like <laughs> you would get um, a demo disc with a Game Informer. It would it would be on the cover, and then yes. you'd buy your Game Informer, which is a magazine back then. I, I don't even know if Game Informer's still around. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's like a free magazine. I think it's like through uh, through GameStop, I believe. Like you still get Game Informer. I'm not positive on it. I'm, I'm pretty. Stopped. I'm pretty positive it was Game Informer. But anyway, there was a video game magazine back in the day, and then it would include a PS1 disc on the cover of it, and it would be kind of integrated into the cover. And you'd go home and you'd rip that thing open and you'd slam it in your PS1 and you would have a demo of like five to ten games, man. Yeah, so you'd and, and they were be able to play through them too. Like they they like showcased the game very well. But I I'm, remember. Oh, go, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you. Good. No, go no. I was gonna say I remember uh, the Metal Gear Solid demo actually like really turned me onto the game and what and like I wanted to get it after I played that demo. I played. It and it was so new that it was still in Japanese. It yes. wasn't even in English yes. yet. Yes, so we have common ground, my friend. Yes. So you remember that? Yeah. So, With Vulcan so Raven, I believe, was like the where it led up to. I I don't remember exactly how far I got because I wasn't very good at the game at first. But um, it was actually a couple years later is whenever I really played because I didn't have like an older brother or anybody like some of our friends did that played it. We were able to watch and learn and whatever. Like uh, I remember. Jordan's brother was into it and anyway so uh, I do like he 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 played like I watched him play all the Resident Evils and everything right right yeah you know yeah that's kind of where where a lot of you know a lot of people um older gamers are surprised that like 
you know, I knew backstory of like Final Fantasies and stuff because I was in the same boat with an older sibling. So, so anyway, so we have a really old story that's been retold once on the GameCube um, version of the game. And now it's being made into a live action. Now, video game movies have not had a very good run. Very There's a couple that good. are, very yeah, rare. very rarely. So, like that, this director is saying, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Is he's saying that if necessary, he's willing to stretch the Shadow Moses incident out to a two or possibly even a three movie deal, where it would become a trilogy just for the Shadow Moses. See. Movie. I could Which, see two movies. I don't know about three. Three is a bit much. He said if he said if necessary. Yeah, like, so he was really looking at two movies. I yeah, think. and and well, honestly, that game. I mean, you know, besides your gameplay, like the total story is probably only around three and a half, four hours. I would say, like with the cinematics and codex and stuff like that. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of codex. Uh, but a lot of that is filler if, too, and a lot of that is like teaching you how to play the game and stuff like that. Like you know, uh, they could cover you know a whole conversation. They could cut that down to like ten seconds. I feel like so. I would say two movies would work. I wouldn't scoff too much at that. There, there are some codec conversations that that are unavoidable, though. That you right, like that are part of it. anything between you and you and Gray Fox, you and Naomi but Hunter. But you really want to watch that um, on screen. You don't need to see that. No, I'm not saying that I want the codex, uh, the messages in the movie. That's not what I'm saying. But that dialogue and that storytelling needs to be included in some form or fashion in the movie. Snake needs to have that conversation with Naomi about her parents being killed. Because um, if not, I feel like you're just going to cheapen the depth of other characters like Gray Fox. Like That's how you get Gray Fox's background because – I never played the older Metal Gear uh, games before I played one, so I had no idea who Gray Fox was. And that codec got us up to up. So, so what I'm saying is, is they don't have to like do a huge codec thing, but we need to know where these characters came That's from, in- and they need to include that in the story. So, where they cut out the codec, they might be adding scenes or something like that. Is what you know I'm what? saying. And Bill, actually, yeah, you know, I apologize for jumping the gun on you a little bit there because. That might be a problem with starting with the Shadow Moses to begin with. There was actually a lot of backstory going into Metal Gear Solid that you have to admit that the first time you beat that game, you didn't know half of what the heck was they were talking about. There was those little script things, you know, within the options menu, I believe, that you could, you know, read the backstory of the, of the first game and Solid Snake, Metal Gear 2. But, you know, like, for the most part, we were in the dark in, in North America, especially because the, the Nintendo ports that we got weren't the true Metal Gear games. They were actually computer games in Japan, which uh, actually played very similar to Metal Gear Solid. But that's a topic for another time. So I'm just saying that might be a problem for, for a first movie. I think that – I don't think it's necessarily going to be a problem. I just think that it's going to have to be good storytelling. I think that – like in the second game, like he said, he said flat out that Gray Fox is going to be included in the game. He goes, that is a 100% must. Gray Fox must be in this game. And, and I think that with a story so complex as him, like Liquid, not a big deal. We didn't know about Liquid until Metal Gear Solid. Uh, big Boss, this could all be covered through, uh, through brief um, 
because it's a very convoluted story. So just to get it right, it's going to be difficult, but it can all be covered in a manner in which like you look for, uh, you know, reference points or flashbacks or whatever. But the thing is, is this is exciting because if the movie does well, you always have so much room for expansion in, in the uh, live action area of this franchise. Yeah, there is a lot of characters and that just goes back to, uh, what we were saying is there's so much backstory to every character in the Metal Gear franchise, you know? It's like, you know, the whole I line. think they should have started with Snake Eater. That's, That's what, what I I'm think saying, they should have started with. Like, I, I just feel like Metal Gear Solid going from there is going to be really rough because it was literally, like, in the middle of things, in the grand scheme of things. Now, if they kind of maybe sharpen up the origin story and maybe just, like, make it their own thing and it's a quick flashback with Gray Fox or, or you know, a quick flashback with Big Boss and all that stuff, that might work because they make it their own storyline beforehand. But it, I, I don't know how that will transition. Big Boss is going to be explained in it because the whole thing is that Liquid wants Big Boss's remains in that movie. So he's obviously going to be referenced. You're pro like I would expect them to not necessarily picture Big Boss, but him just like kind of be referenced in it a little bit. Maybe a flashback, maybe not showing his face. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that it could go. But essentially, he wants to focus on the Shadow Moses incident, which is, in my opinion, the strongest story. In I mean, arguably that and Snake Eater um, are the are the best story um, stories within the franchise. But I feel very confident. He, the script is done. He's written it. The script is done. Um, he said that – actually, I believe there was a little bit of buzz on the internet that they're going to start the casting process. And this is what's going to be difficult is because uh, Snake has such an iconic voice um, that people hear that. Who, how are they going to – who are they going to cast um, to play you Snake? Know, you know what? That's and, not too big uh, of a problem for me because – I didn't jump on the bandwagon to hate Kiefer Sutherland coming into Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, and I, I know that... But he also played Big Boss, too. So that's another reason that that was forgivable. He wasn't Solid Snake, and people had to get right, over right. that. Right, and, right. And, like... And, uh, the only thing is, too, is David Hader... David said that, like, he, like, towards the end, I guess the relationship was pretty sour. Because even in uh, Peace Walker, that game, I remember that there wasn't that that much of like like a memorable script going on at least from his side like it seemed like the the all the um enemies had more more to say or better lines at least it kind of seemed like his delivery was pretty flat in that one so i'm not too afraid of actor wise i don't know i i don't know i liked i liked haters dialogue and pretty much everyone he's been in but i i honestly you know it's weird because i have a very contrasting thought process on on um on Peace Walker that I think that that was one of his stronger really? voice acting portrayals. Of see, Snake. Yeah, yeah. See, that's because funny, in my opinion, I thought it was kind of like, it was less memorable to me. And the, the other thing is too, is that was the game I spent the least amount of time with. So, you know, I, I, I thought that it was just absolutely fantastic because I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's an AI of the boss. And you know, that's just, that's just so original. Like it's so awesome to have seen something so original. We're like, yeah, they're not going to cheapen like the, the bringing back the boss or something like that, but it's so Metal Gear for them to have made an AI of the boss's consciousness. That's true. Yeah, and, and then him literally having to kill the boss for a second time <laughs> because that's really what messed boss uh, big boss up was was you know was killing right. the boss. 
You know what I right. mean? That was his. That was his uh, master. That was his mentor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. The other thing that sucks too, and I could understand, you know, being weary of somebody coming in, you know, somebody new to play Solid Snake, was the other thing too was, you know, when we saw Kiefer Sutherland sign on for Metal Gear Solid Five, which was the last game. Uh, remember what happened? There wasn't much dialogue from him, so it wasn't even like we really we got much from him to go off of either. No, that was uh, I don't know. He that snake was the quietest snake. There was no story to that. That if they were gonna make a movie, that would be the very last movie I, I would make. Even, would be I, the Metal Gear Solid it. Five. Wouldn't even make it to a movie, honestly. <laughs> I I can't argue with you on that. I I don't think you're wrong. So, because the other ones were just so. I, I mean, Snake Eater, excellent story. I mean, literally the boss's mission was to get killed by her disciple. So that the U.S. wouldn't go to war and cost millions of Americans' right. lives. Like, how much more of a patriot can you be? What more ultimate sacrifice <laughs> can you give? But to have, like, seriously, like, it's really fucking it's, it's deep, epic. man. And yeah, like, it's, it's epic. And you know what? But uh, that's the other thing, too, is you see how passionately we're both talking about this franchise. Man, I would be scared to death making this movie if, if I would even go through with it in the first place. Yeah, I feel like, you know what he said, though, in an interview was like, he said, he goes, I'm horrified, but I can't let somebody else mess this up and just stand idly by. Like, I'm like, See, that's wow. that's kind of cool. And that... That's kind of ballsy to say, uh, honestly. You know what I mean? Because he said, okay, it, and I'm not quoting word for word, but somebody was like, oh, so he was explaining Metal Gear there. He's like, oh, so it's like Rambo. He goes, no, it's not like Rambo. It's Metal Gear. Oh, so it's like G.I. Joe. No, it's not G.I. Joe. It's Metal Gear. He said, it's Metal Gear. There's nothing else like it. It's very unique and singular, and nothing else in this world can compare itself to Metal Gear. With the seriousness, you're bumping your mic. Sorry. Um, The seriousness of, of it or the tone of it, how it can be goofy and silly one second and dead serious the next. Right. You know what I mean? Like... Like, I'm going to call you Sir Bumps a lot, by the way. Just like, just straight up. I mean, does, I'm going to call your wife and be like, do you know that Matt is having a relationship with his mic? I literally heard him making out with his microphone no, in our last podcast. Just, just, around, I swear. just like, oh my God, you're just, you're so, you're so slim and sleek and just making no, out with your mic. No. <laughs> I gave you a head mounted mic, Matt. How is this happening? I know, I know. Seriously, leave it to me to, to screw up like the easiest, <laughs> easiest way to record. No, yeah, my, my, my cable got wrapped up there, but. I just, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so, so, um. It's it's just very – it's simple if you look and just say, just make the movie. I mean, the games were like movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were a movie that you could – like people called for Metal Gear movie. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? and, so, and that's, a, that's another thing too is, uh, you know, if we're going back to the pressure of this movie, uh, Hideo Kojima is really good at making scenes, especially for the cut scenes. Uh, well, just the cinematography alone – in the action sequences, everything. Uh, they, they were better than some action movies, to be honest. So to translate on yeah. the film, it's like he does have big shoes to fill. Four's um, fight choreography, the way that they had the fight. and It's like whenever he goes in and he finds um, Eva's hideout with all the, the orphan soldiers mm-hmm. and stuff in four, and he takes them two guys uh, 
uh, knocks him two guys out. Yes. I mean, it's just like you, – you just look at it and you see, I, I know why this game kept getting pushed back. <laughs> like, in my opinion, four is still by far the best Metal Gear game out there, in my opinion. I, I, I mean – Yeah, I, if they went, I would have to go with three. If they went on to make a trilogy <laughs> – yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I, I don't know, man. We could just go around. Honestly, about we this, could. So. And I'm sure every. Because sure you you could literally slightly nudge me in a direction you probably persuade right. me otherwise. I'm just like, yeah, that was pretty amazing too. So. But do you remember? Do you remember uh, about the third hour into this game? Yeah, I understand completely because I'm such a so. I'm such a freak about these games too, and that's why I said that I'm just. I I want I want it to be good, but I I don't know I don't know, man. It's the games were so. They did everything that they had to, I feel like. Like, I don't know if I'll have the same emotions watching it on screen as I did, like, being Solid Snake. Do you know what I mean? The best the best actor that they could have cast, but I think he's too old now, would have been um, – oh, great. No, no. Uh, Wolverine. Oh, Hugh um, Jackman? Hugh yeah. Jackman. Hugh Jackman looks like Solid yeah, Snake. Yeah, I can see it in the face, yeah. And, and he could have been he, – he can he can act gristled and stuff. How old is Hugh Jackman? Do you have any idea? He'd have to be close to 50 now. He has to yeah. be 50 years old. So he's just a little bit too old in my opinion. He does look pretty good for his age. I don't know. If they could cast Hugh Jackman, I'd say go for it. Because, listen, Tom Cruise is, what, 60? <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't look 60. Well, that's the, that's the, Brad Pitt is in his 50s, too. Yeah, yeah, that's the magic of Scientology, though, for Tom Cruise. So that's that's, oh, that's my some goodness. dark level magic going on. Plus five charisma, plus two armor. Yes, Hugh Jackman is 50 years old. He was born uh, 1968. Just Google oh, it. Oh, wow. So Hugh Jackman is in great physical shape, has the look and everything. And Hideo Kojima... Back whenever this movie first was in the talk and he was still connected to Konami, he even said that he would look at somebody like Hugh Jackman to play Solid Snake. So, you know, but he also said, I would also like to see a no-name actor, up-and-comer. But that just doesn't work sometimes. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's it's just it's a fragile franchise too. And I, I actually think this would be a time that they would actually really benefit from having some star power behind it if they got if they got like an A-list actor on there. Not only that, but Hugh Jackman is I'm, – I'm using Hugh Jackman as an example, but it could be somebody like him. Somebody who has experience playing a character that has an old lineage from, from other lore other than movies. Like he played Wolverine, who was a comic book character and an and a animated character. And, I mean, he really captured the character well, and he made Wolverine what it is. I think that Hugh Jackman could possibly do the same thing for Snake. And the other characters are slightly more inconsequential, in my opinion. I think that you could go about casting as long as they're good actors and they have the chops to play the part that they'll do. But Solid Snake is really where you're going to have to yeah, be really careful. That's the doozy right there, man. Like, they have to nail that one. Um, yeah, because like you said, just, just with the other cast. And you know what? That's another talk. What villains are they going to – if it's, if it's going to be at least two films – what villains or bosses from all of them? It's going to follow the but metal the MGS movie, one theme. Which ones would you pick and choose? Would you just go in order of the game? Like <clears throat> he said that he said that it's it's definitely gonna include Revolver Ocelot in the first movie, and it's gonna include um, Gray Fox. Okay. So I would imagine that you're probably gonna go like a two and two or a three and three or something like that. Like you're probably gonna get Vulcan Raven. You're probably gonna get Ocelot. Decoy Octopus is probably going to die. 
being the Spoiler. Dharma chief. No, okay. If you didn't know that. <laughs> it was made in 1998, Matt. <laughs> Spoiler alert. 20, 21 years game. But uh, <laughs> stop spoiling it, yeah. Bill. People might not have been around the last 21 years to play yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I at least 25 years before I played my video games. Have you ever heard of Super yeah. Mario Brothers? It's fantastic. <laughs> this week, this week, spoiler <laughs> alert, Super Mario Brothers. Won. That'll be the next next so. podcast episode title. First playthrough of Super Mario Brothers. Wish me luck, in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> Wish me luck, in parentheses. <laughs> so, um, we definitely have the, like, I think that it should be a very practical effect based movie. And I think that it, it, it could be. We have technology for cg but i don't think aside from maybe the cyborg ninja you're not going to need that much so this movie's probably if you get the cinematography right there are so many extremely gorgeous shots that could be taken in this movie because snake lived in i believe alaska whenever they correct took him. the government took mm-hmm. him and then shadow moses where it was, was, shadow it was moses at? wasn't it also yeah, it was off the, of it, antarctica no, it was a made-up island off the coast it was in between uh in between alaska and russia basically Okay, uh, yeah, so so it's, a, it's essentially like Strait. an Alaskan. No, it was in the Bering Strait Sea of Water. Um, you could tell I'm American because I don't know <laughs> no my maps at all. So wherever the Bering Strait. <laughs> What's is. geography? <laughs> um, so, so that's pretty good, Matt. Though thanks thanks for clearing that up, though, because I, I was at a bit of a loss. But I mean, the cinematography can be absolutely fantastic. There are so many little fan services, little nods and Easter eggs. And just, they could make this movie into quite honestly, an unbeatable game movie if he does it right. And if you guys want, there's a YouTube channel called Yong Ye, Y-O-N-G-Y-E or Y-A-E-H. I don't know. Just type it in. It'll come up. It's Andy Yong. He does all the coverage for Metal Gear, um, anything Metal Gear. He, he is very into, he does a bunch of other stuff. Check his channel out. Very knowledgeable, really good content. And, and I, uh, I cite a lot of my information from him and then I do some Google searching besides that. But, um, yeah, definitely check that out. If you want up to date coverage on this, he usually has it out first. So here's to you, uh, Mr. Yong. Um, real quick, Bill, uh, just before we start wrapping things up, what kind of, what genre are you going for this movie? What would you like to see? And like, by that, I mean, like, are you looking for a thriller or straight up action mix of the two? What, what, what would you want? This is the thing. Okay. You ready to, I, I don't want to say I'm going to blow your mind, but this, this is actually going to be, I think really, uh, really interesting. I think that this has elements of like every genre and I'm just going to take two minutes and explain why. Okay, so it's obviously an action game, and it's obviously a thriller because you have a guy that's infiltrating a base, with and it ha- it has like a Jason Bourne like not not Bond, <laughs> yeah, it has like a suspense, like a like a he's like a non cheesy version of Ethan Hunt. Mm-hmm. So With Tom Cruise, so man. get Tom Cruise a solid. Tom, just do it. Book it. Tom Cruise is going to own half this podcast. <laughs> I I've know. mentioned it so many times. So <laughs> so so you have that espionage action like um, thriller aspect. But then there's this this game has so many layers that you can have a horror aspect to it too. Absolutely. Because yeah, the, you go into versing Psycho Mantis. The, ninja, the first and ninja scene. The ninja scene also 
kind of makes your skin crawl mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, him going down the hallway, killing them soldiers and whatnot. Yeah. So there's going to be some really, really good scenes that you can kind of make this movie into more than just what it appears on the surface. It doesn't just have to be an action movie. There can be parts where, you know, the hair stands up on the back of your neck because psycho mantis is doing something the the psycho mantis hallucinations the the cyborg ninja the extremely dark tone of that you know mystery there's obviously a mystery that that essentially gets unraveled throughout yeah yeah and and i think that's a good point too that uh they definitely need to bring some brains into this into this script and by that i mean like they need to make it a little bit psychological um, it's even a love story yes. too with Meryl, and, and I think I think it a smart move would definitely be so we're just not watching a replay of the game. Is uh, change some of the plot twists, um, just little things. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't have a good example right now off the top of my head, but um, maybe just just switch around. You know, like what characters are doing what, and and I think that would be like a really good formula to go into. It. Now this movie has been talked about being developed i was gonna say isn't this been been like years because like there was rumors it 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 was going into production it went into production hell which means basically in limbo not doing anything so so the story the story as of a few months ago or it's probably more like six months the, the script was submitted and he does retweet stuff and and he said that it's going into production soon and they're going to start casting so i think really a really, really, really important thing is going to be casting because yeah. you just – you have to get – and honestly, now that I bring it up, you're going to have to get Meryl right too. Meryl's going to be a key essential character in all of this. Probably the three big ones are going to be Otacon, Meryl, and, um, and Snake. And it's going to be kind of weird because MGS1 has two endings. So what are they going to do there? Yeah. I, <laughs> that's that's you a know. good point. Are they going to come up with their own I will add this. They're going to have to. Going back to effects thing, to, uh, you know, effects in general in this movie. Um, I'm kind of with you. I would like it to be practi- practical. And o- honestly, I'm not, like, looking for Solid Snake to be a Rambo or Terminator type and pick up a machine gun and just, you know. I, I want him through. to be fallible. Yeah, I, wa- I want, yeah, him, to I want him to sneak around. I want, I want him to get around. And make mistakes. I, I want him to make mistakes and, and it to be gritty. And because he does, Snake makes mistakes in the game. Snake gets captured. Snake gets tortured. Snake, Snake messes up. Snake accidentally arms a bomb. Like, Snake <laughs> yeah, does actually, stuff. You know what? Snake you know, wasn't that great for the job. Now that I think about it, that's who messes up. So, so I mean, but Snake makes mistakes. Yeah. Snake's human, and I want to see that. I don't want some over the top. Literally, nobody can touch me. Solid Snake. I want to see valuable. Well, like relatable. I will snake. say this: the one thing is, if uh, if they're gonna if they're gonna nail the other parts, one thing that I really want nailed and to look good uh, is Metal Gear itself. Just because I'm a I'm a giant mech aficionado, which I put on my resumes whenever I'm applying for jobs. <laughs> that is gonna probably be the only CG, and, and that's okay. But like, I want it to look cool, and I'm talking like you know, even <laughs> if like I I use Guillermo del Toro, but like. You know, he did great mech designs in Pacific Rim. I would love to see, like, something really big, feeling heavy, uh, very, like, cyberpunk. I would love – I would love I would love their own take on, on Metal Gear too. not necessarily do, like, the Rex build. If they do something cooler, I'm all for it. Now, that's one thing I do feel really confident in is if there is going to be CG, 
machine CG is much easier because you don't have not, there's nothing to go off of. of yeah, movement. there's nothing realistically yeah. to go off of. Yeah. No, no, Except exactly. You know, so like years from now, whenever we have real metal gears, then people are gonna be like, "Man, that movie looks like crap." We'll be like, "No, back in our day, that looked awesome." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like the Matrix movie, whenever they're jumping car to car, that looked great back then too. But now you look at it and you're just like, oh God, <laughs> turn it off. It's so bad. But I think that I think that practical effects, a little bit of CG for the Metal Gear, it's going to be a winning combination. They have the base story. There's, I mean, he's writing a story from a story. So as long as he doesn't stray too far from the source material, but he needs to be original good casting. A bit because I just don't want to watch a replay of the game. Although that might be cool. No, no, obviously. Obviously, there's going to be, but there's going to be iconic scenes. Like, take the root of Metal Gear. You're going to have the scene with Gray Fox. You're going to have Gray Fox towards the end disabling the Metal Gear, most likely. You're going to have Snake and Meryl's chemistry. As long as you keep that root, keep to the root story, you're not going to be able to do it like frame for frame of the game, which obviously you don't want to do that to begin right. with. It's going to wind up being something really special. And I think that this may be a big turning point for us now. A lot of people dispel video game movies because they're like, well, they were never good in the past and they're not going to be good now. But I say they didn't have Robert or Jordan Roberts in it, somebody that was just so connected to the franchise. Jordan Roberts went and seek this out himself. He wanted to be the director. They didn't yeah, that's a, big, that's a big difference too because um, going back to we, – we brought up a few, a few uh, – you know, production scenarios with older video game movies that the directors were completely out of control. You know, it was just, it was these companies, the production companies, they were saying, Hey, you know, this game's doing great in the arcade, get every character on screen, you know, blah, blah, blah. They were, they were just, it was just a marketing ploy. It wasn't so much, you know, it didn't have any substance. It wasn't a movie. It couldn't stand on its own two feet. If he makes this stand on its own two feet and it's, if it's even halfway decent, I will applaud him. In my opinion, isn't the you know end all be all. By halfway decent, I mean like where where I I think the majority of fans will be satisfied at least. You have to please the fans. That's the Wait, only Metal people Gear that they fans should have. Are hardcore. Like I'm sure that they really <laughs> are. If we if we threw this up on like a Metal Gear Solid Reddit or something like that, people would be picking us apart for all of our inaccuracies. That's how hardcore people are about these games. Uh, a hundred percent. Like I'm looking around the room. I have all the Fox, the diamond dog patches hung on my wall. I have like a mural of, of big boss. Like, like I'm a dork, man. Like big uh, time. All that stuff sounds awesome. All I have in my apartment is a plate of three day old cottage cheese. So I'd rather have metal gear memorabilia. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> it's something that I cherish that I've no, really, me too. I really, really do. It, it, a lot of it calls back to it had a lot to do with my childhood. It's a, and, and, and I grew up and with it. I think so. it was the first game that I realized that, like, wow, game, like a game is more serious to me than a movie. Like, I just remember being, like, infatuated. I remember getting a lump in my throat because I got the bad ending where Meryl died the first time I played because I, <laughs> I think through the torture scene. I remember I was like, no, like, that was my girl. That was my girl. That was my girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he screams at the end, you know. But and and I mean, even even within that, that was revolutionary back then because the voice acting was so far beyond. Dude, it was so anything weird. else that we had it was heard so in video weird for a games. Whole game to be like narrated. 
you know what I mean? With voice acting, I mean, it's, it's not weird for a game to be. And, and they were very, very were good voice yeah, actors. Yeah, were serious, and I took it seriously. It was because back then you had like banjo or not banjo, so you had like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro right, and, like, and then Metal and even, Gear. And you even know? like the major RPGs at the time, like Final Fantasy VII, the cutscenes were silent. Everything was told through text. There was like there was no like I. I don't know. I thought, yeah, it's revolutionary for voice acting as well as it is for. Like, it, it was. It was. It was. It was very cinema like, and that's that's why I think that people were just so taken back by the series, and I think that's why it had such a lasting impression. I remember the first time I beat Metal Gear Solid One, and we're gonna cut this off in a minute, but I, I have to share it because it's it's movie it's this movie related. I rented it. And I remember renting it, and I should have just bought the thing because I rented it, and I beat it, and I got the bad ending. And then I was like, it was time to take it back, and I, like, pleaded with my parents to rent it again. And I'm like, I have to get the other ending. And I played through it again, and I had to rent it for a whole another X amount of days because I was just that that into it. And I remember, like, my dad sitting down. I, no, it wasn't my dad. I want to say it might have been my sister's husband that that was sitting down and watching it and he, he even said like this is like a movie and i was like i i know <laughs> it's like i'm 12 and i know <laughs> yeah like this game is freaking so. amazing well you know that's why you know how about i'll bring up a story too from my first time playing uh i uh, i remember first off i had too much fun um just sneaking around guards and like using the radar all that stuff just like you know them following footprints in the snow i was having so much fun with those mechanics um just because it wasn't done in a game like that before. Uh, so it took me a while to get into the game. I remember it was, I think we rented it as well. And it was like the second or third day in the playing it on a five-day rental. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I got to Psycho Mantis. And um, obviously it was my first time playing. So I'm watching all the cutscenes, you know, watch, you know, picking up all these details, soaking it up like a sponge. And my jaw dropped when he read what I had on my memory card. That was such a cool moment for me, but it was scary. As a kid, I was like, how does he know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because at one part, he would actually read, if you had other Capcom games yep, which we did. on your memory card, he would say, I'm going to read your mind. And then he would read your memory card. And if you had any save data from Castlevania, he would say, I see you play Castlevania. And you're like... Just yep, wow. he told you to put the controller on a flat surface, and uh, he made it vibrate and move like he was moving it with his mind. It was genius, genius. And that's why, you know, that's the only thing with Hideo Kojima not being attached to this, that that genius um, is not going to be 100% present hey, for this. At least they have examples to go off of, though. You know, maybe that wouldn't yeah. make them. But it might be a good thing, too, because – we have to remember that Hideo Kojima is used to appealing to a Japanese and, audience and where also, there might be things that live cinema wise that you can get away with in a video game. You might not be able to get away with in live action. And maybe an American director might be able to familiarize himself better with an American audience. And, and that may be, that may be a good thing. Actually. Yeah. And another thing too, that like, you know, we're going back to whenever I said, uh, about Metal Gear Solid 1, you know, North American audience, we had we had no idea what the backstory was. Let's not forget when Metal Gear Solid 2 came out. Uh, and the, the story Kojima was trying to tell there, 
because like I swear I still don't understand Metal Gear Solid Two. So like so, supposedly, like he was made to replace. Like Raiden was gonna replace Snake, but it got huge backlash, and Raiden was like one of Kojima's favorite characters, but. Nobody wanted Raiden to replace Snake, so he had to, like, rewrite, like, four a little bit and stuff like that to make it – not rewrite, but to, but to make it work and bring Solid Snake back into the mm. fold. And it was supposedly, like, set up by the AI so that Raiden could become the new Solid Snake so that there was a – like a hero for people to look up to because they thought Snake yeah. was dead. And all that was was they were literally inventing a new Snake, basically – making a shadow moses because if you think about it every enemy in that game was a proxy of the enemies in shadow moses now this is the kind of stuff we're talking about extremely complex that's why i mean that's like if he if he was attached to the movie like i'm still saying that like as a first time viewer first time player all that stuff was way too confusing way too all over the place you know yeah i think that they definitely need to dumb it down and make it more easily digestible in like the movies so the people that haven't been fans of the series for 20 years like if i bring somebody to the movies with me you know if like a kid has a date on a saturday night like she can sit down and watch the movie and like at least understand what's going right. on so uh, i would just completely leave all the ai the 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 j the what is that gw and all that i just leave that How could out you forget for nano now, anyway <laughs> nano machines i could at least because nano machines are becoming a it reality just seemed like it became too much of an excuse for uh for plot lines in the game so you know yeah but i mean i feel like you could at least include yeah. that because people can at least wrap their heads around nano right. machines but but this is you know what i'm gonna say now this is gonna be a part one to a part two this I'm, is gonna be a two-part discussion because like into some of the some of the older games again too yeah, I'd, you know what? The next the next one is just going to be probably a metal. We're going to do the, the movie discussion if there's any new news. I'm going to do a little bit more research, see if there's anything that I missed. Mike will be in on the next one. Mike's definitely going to have some stuff to add. And we're going to do a two-part discussion. This one was about 40 minutes. We could do another 40 minutes easily. So I'm just going to go ahead, and we're going we're gonna to trail off from here. And um, we're going to bring Mike in on the next one because uh, – Mike's at work tonight. He got he got forced into a double, so he'll be back with us on the next one. Matt, closing up on this, um, we got a couple minutes. Let's do uh, your top two favorite Metal Gear scenes, and if you it, don't struggle with it too much, just name two of them that you really. Okay, like. the first one's gonna be really specific, and uh, I hate how they did the rest of the cutscenes in the game, but the ninja scene and Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes on GameCube uh, was way scarier <laughs> than the PlayStation <laughs> 1. I absolutely loved how that scene was shot. Um, and my second most memorable scene might have to be from Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, just the ending. Uh, the ending was gorgeous. You stole mine. <laughs> like, I was going to say, like, those exact scenes, dude. <laughs> like the Field of Flowers oh, with God, the boss. This is, uh, like, beautiful to watch. And even, like, I know it got like an HD update and stuff like that, and uh, I actually played it on 3DS, which it looked great on 3DS, surprisingly. Um, but that ending, ah, so good. The background of my computer is the boss and and uh, Snake. Well, it would have been Big Boss uh, in the field of flowers right before they're ready yeah. to fight. Yeah, just that um, whole. The, it was just like such a. I don't know. It was such a release. 
that ending playing out. You know, it was just such a tense game. And uh, I got a weird one for uh, you. Is um, my favorite scene two would be one. First one would be the codec conversation between Naomi Hunter and Snake after he was just tortured. That's great. And he describes to her about Big Boss and how he knew. And she's like, "You really knew him?" And he goes, "He was my father. At least that's what he told me." And He's like, but he's no longer alive. And she asked him how he died, and he, he admits to her. He goes, I killed him. We were two different people on a battlefield. It was nothing personal. And she goes, that's patricide. And he goes, I know. And it wasn't like there was no qualms or, or struggle with emotion, and you really get to see just how war-torn Snake is. And in this, this game, Snake was suffering from PTSD. That's why he went to the uh, went to Alaska. So you really get that feeling in that Kodak scene, and that all that was was just an animated conversation with two faces talking to and each other. And it moved you. And it, it was moved you. And, and it, it it did. So if they could put that into live action, that's going to be that's going to be just that's just going to be a stunning scene uh, and a, just a great back and forth uh, conversation. Because most scenes, and, and I don't want to make this too long-winded but you know most scenes in movies that are the best aren't necessarily the ones with the biggest explosions they're the they're the ones with the best dialogue just like dark knight with joker and him in the interrogation room that's just dialogue probably the best movie or scene in the movie and i think that that was probably the best scene for me in metal gear solid well another another thing that i i always tell people this because uh my my list of favorite movies is kind of obscure but uh i always tell people that people forget uh, movies were originally called motion pictures, moving pictures. And like scenes like the ending to Metal Gear Solid 3, what a better description than a moving picture? Yeah, I, I that that scene, that scene in and of itself was just like extremely moving. And uh, the other one would have to be, hmm, I'm going to probably stick with your Metal Gear Solid um, 3 uh, taste. And I'm going to say whenever... Uh, Big Boss is taking the cartridges out of the boss's AI Mm, in Peace Walker. That was a very good scene where she, he walks into the AI and he hears the boss's voice. And it like sent chills up my spine whenever I heard that. And I saw his reaction. Like it it was just, it was amazing. How quick are we to forget the return to Shadow Moses in in, uh, Metal Gear Solid 4? Another epic scene. See, we're going to have to do a part two. I don't know what else we have to do. (laughs) Okay, we're just going to do a part two. We'll probably open it up with this. Let's give it some time. Let's give it some time to chew on this question. I'll text Mike tonight. Tell him to just get ready for yeah, it. We're gonna have to gear up we'll, for this we'll, next one for sure. We're, this is gonna be just look for the next episode to be an hour long because it's gonna be an hour long uh, with Metal Gear. We got more coming your way. We're gonna cover the Walking Dead. Walking Dead. More Metal Gear talk is on the way, and um, you know that's gonna be pretty much it. Anything else to close out, Mike? Uh, or I called you Mike, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> no, Where are you, Mike? Uh, no, no, I, I got. It, I'm just going to go on and on about Metal Gear because it's a it's a video game series that's near and dear to my heart. So we'll save it for next time. All right. All right, guys, you heard it here at the Critical Review. Any Metal Gear fans, make sure to, um, you know, send us a voice message or whatever. Tell us some stuff to cover in our next discussion. Uh, we're going to probably go a little deeper uh, next time, guys. So look for that. Uh, you know, Critical Review, everything cinema, video games, or pop culture, you're going you're gonna to hear it here. So... Until next time, say bye, Matt. See ya. All right, guys. Talk to you later.